bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. It's time to pimp up your Christmas mojo. Welcome to the show that's a bit like Santa. Well, at least it gets three hoes a year. Oh, um, whoa, 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 we can't. <laughs> what? That's not the script. Hey, a pretty good average, <laughs> no, though, I no. thought. <laughs> no, no, voiceover guy. That's, that's, this, is a, this is a family show, buddy. And Whoops. Can you make it a bit more um, bit more tinsel? A bit more tinsel. Yeah, sure. You want to try this one? It's time to pimp up your Xmas mojo. Tinsel, tinsel. Welcome to the show that's got a... Is that kind of tinsely enough? Yeah, it's not red enough, though. We need a... Don't you reckon, Robert? I think it's a, it's a wrong shade of red. Okay. Yeah, and it needs a bit more beard. Oh, let's give it a bit of beard. And gut, and guts. Okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it's time to pimp up your Christmas mojo. Welcome to the show that's a bit like Santa. Come and sit on my knee, lovey. <laughs> I think that one had a bit more 4X. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly had a beard and a rather large knee. Folks, welcome to the Christmas edition of the Mojo Radio Show. And uh, before we go any further, uh, in the studio with me here is our producer, the man who holds the whole thing together, uh, Robbo. Uh, welcome to the program, buddy. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Feeling Christmassy? Very, very Christmassy. And we need to uh, to welcome, introduce our uh, our voiceover guy. Mm. The true glue. That <laughs> was probably one of the one of the more colourful intros to the show, no doubt. Mm. Well, it was red, it was brown, maybe a white beard. And uh, folks, if you stay tuned, we'll be giving you Andrew's email address for you to forward your letters of complaints to. <laughs> yes, my little helpers will uh, be in contact with you. So for everybody listening, you know that voice. He's been introducing our show from day dot. Andrew Peters, welcome officially to the Mojo Radio Show, buddy. Thank you very much. It's been a long time, but it's nice to be here. It is. You're, uh, you're very welcome. It's really nice to have you here in the studio, mate, um... I know at the back of every show we hear real-time casting, Andrew Peters speaking. Can you, just for everybody listening, just give us a bit of a snapshot into real-time casting and kind of what that's all about? Real-time casting is an idea that I had some years back, in fact, about five years now, when I was watching all the um, sort of dollar-holler, $50 voiceover websites happening. And so I was concerned about what was going to happen in Australia, so I started to build a website. And, uh, and I had the name registered anyway, so it was a perfect fit. Um, as we started to develop, I was working with a guy called Jim Keneally, who's uh, in New York. And I just happened to be talking to him about what I was doing, that, uh, you know, I was building these things purely for equity or union voice talent uh, to make sure that, you know, we got paid properly. And mm. uh, he said, well, that would work in America. And that's how the whole thing really got going. And it didn't really gel here in Australia particularly well. I don't think anyone's kind of seen the urgency that I certainly saw and have mm-hmm. seen more of it as time's gone on. It's interesting, Gary, because from a mojo point of view, um, as AP was just saying, a lot of the voiceover agencies here didn't want to go with the plan of an online agency. Their mm. response has been to put more people on their books. The problem they're facing, though, is that the people that they're putting on the books aren't really up to the job. So there's a lot of voiceover artists turning up to a studio to do a job who really shouldn't be and going away, leaving a bad taste in producers and directors and audio engineers' mouths and doing Mm. themselves a disservice because they're not ready for it yet. So, um, yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. And that, that, that's one of the issues. And the problem is, like I heard a statistic the other, uh, about a year ago that I, it actually blew my mind, that in Southern California, in Southern California alone, uh, they claim to have 250,000 voice actors. Wow. Jesus. But the, the fact is they don't. Because the, the issue is, once again, if it's non-union and it's purely subscription-based, so all you need is a microphone and a, and a laptop. Yeah. Mm. You can make claim to do whatever you like, and plus they audition for free. So everybody is auditioning. Majority are absolute crap. That's right, just wasting people's time. Um, and they never work, you know. I, yeah. I mean, I see on forums where someone's saying, oh, you know, hey, I did f- seven auditions uh, this week, and one day I'm going to book. You know, they've been doing it for two years. It's like yeah, something yeah. tells me that you're actually not up to speed if you're doing a, that amount of auditions and not booking a job, you know. It's probably also fair uh, for full disclosure to our listeners that AP, Robbo and I worked together 
in the halcyon days of Triple M mm. back in um, in the, the early radio times. So we do have quite a history, lads, don't mm. we? We do. do indeed. Not that yes. I remember much of those times. <laughs> I can, unfortunately, I think I can remember too much, which is even more scary. <laughs> which means me, makes me a dangerous player. The man always has been, much. always will be. That's <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the show, Robbo. What do you say? I think we should. Uh, for Santa Claus, I leave out um, the green lollies that I don't like. <laughs> I hate green lollies. Santa baby. Uh, a beer and some biscuits. Beer and what it leftovers from the fridge. I leave carrots out for the reindeers too. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who eats them. I'm never there. A beer. Always a, always a jug of beer and a couple of cookies. He must be pretty pretty full by the end of the night. Santa baby and hurry down the chimney. The Mojo Radio Show. So, Robbo, um, AP's just ducked out to um, to make himself a brew mm. for the rest of the show. I don't trust him in um, my kitchen. <laughs> but speaking of which, this, um, this brew you've made for me this morning is mm. actually not bad. It's... Mm. Much it's better than the normal dish washing water you make me. <laughs> it's tip top, isn't it? But there's a bit of a it sad is, story it behind top. it, though. Yeah, it's tip top, Tommy. Yeah, what, what's the what's the story? Well, there's been a death in the family, unfortunately. Oh, well, how did yeah. it mean? Um, the espresso machine died last week. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty that's, sad. That's not good. We had a bit of a ceremonial burial up the back, but um, you know, I'll, I'll be all okay. Give me a give me a bit of time. I'll be all right. So did you send out for these? No, I actually bought a new machine, a new Sunbeam. Ah, nice. Mm. They, they, oh, hang on. Now, were they on the Reader's Digest most mm. trusted brands? Happens to be that I referred to that list before I went shopping. Oh, mm. see, this, it just paid for itself. It did, didn't it? And it also makes a very nice segue to this week's guest. Because <laughs> we, um, you had a mate you were going to chase up mm. to get on the show. Mm. Did you um, Did yeah. you manage to get somebody? Yeah, Bart Polak. He's the uh, executive creative director of George Patterson Y&R here in Sydney, cool. one of my old stomping Excellent. grounds. That sounds so, good. Uh, so, Bart, how are you going this morning? Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Bart. Hey. Mate, uh, it's, it's been a while since I, I trod the old stomping grounds in George Pat's there, but uh, is the old horseshoe toilet seat bench still downstairs there in the audio suite? Mate, I'm, I'm happy to, to report that the horseshoe is, is well and truly uh, still in place, actually, mm. Mm. Uh, and serving us very well, I might add. Uh, Steve Hessel and I are to blame for that. When we moved from North Sydney, that was our ingenious idea. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's an idea that's uh, definitely lasted and stood the test of time. So, Bart, um, just to put everybody in the picture, can you just sort of give us an idea of George Patterson's wine are um, where it stands in agency world and the sort of work you're typically doing for what sort of clients, just so we can understand sort of what your your normal day in the agency looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, George Patterson uh, Y&R is really Australia's um, longest standing agency. We're actually celebrating uh, our 80th uh, birthday this year. Um, and it's a mainstream agency. We do, uh, you know, what would uh, traditionally be referred to as, um, you know, above the line work for a variety of global and and local clients. Um, mm. You know, any anywhere from, um, you know, your your Emirates uh, and Colgate's, which are, are global clients, um, all the way through to, you know. Um, some work that we recently did for the Cronulla Sharks or for the Australian Red Cross. So it's a, it's a mixture of, of uh, global and, and local clients that we work for. And are you uh, a Sharkies fan yourself? Well, mate, I live in the, in the Sutherland Shire. I didn't grow up there. Oh. I, grew up, I grew up in the east. So um, I've got to say that for, for a long time there, I was, uh, I was a Roosters supporter. Um, but, you know, the, the shy has been rubbing off on me for the last six, seven yeah. years. So, so I'm, a, I'm a bit of a convert. Um, so the answer would be yes. <laughs> we, um, we had a conversation um, in our first episode, Bart, about the Reader's Digest list of the most trusted brands in Australia. And there were... Brands like Hills and Arnott's and Vegemite and so on. And um, it, it was interesting that when we went through this list, um, most of the trusted brands on the list had been around for quite a while. I'd be interested in your thoughts is in this modern era of marketing and brand and, and companies, 
Do you think somebody can build trust quickly or do you think trust only comes from time spent in the market? I think definitely definitely time in the market um, is an important factor. Um, I think the, the, the fundamental the fundamental ingredient to to trust is the quality of the product or service that you're offering. Um, absolutely, um, you know, the, the, the game I'm in, um, communication plays a factor as well, but if there's not that um, quality underpinning the communication um, in the in the form of the ultimate, you know, product or service that you're delivering, um, then... Consumers are not only going to know it, but they're going to they're going to broadcast it and share it pretty quickly these days. So, um, I think you I think you have to communicate in a, in a way that inspires trust. But then, you know, at the end of the day, put your money where, you, where your mouth is and deliver a, a product or a service that uh, that is true to that that message, that communication that you're putting out there. Has has the method. Uh, well, the method and or the writing in order to do that changed in your time in the advertising industry because we we'll, we'll have people listening to this who are plumbers right through to guy who might run a big team in a bank. They're going to write and communicate on their website and blogs and Twitter and so on. Um, in your experience over the last number of years, have you found the way you're writing to communicate that trust has changed? Definitely the, 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 the way that we dramatise our message the options available to us have broadened um, with the, you know, dawn of the, the digital age and, and all of the possibilities that that offers. But there are certain fundamentals that were as true and as relevant back in the back in the sixties or are today as they were back in the back in the sixties or the fifties or even even before that. And and I think the reason for that mm. is human nature and the, the way that we, you know, respond as human beings on a, on an emotional level um, always remains the same, I, I would say. You know, we, we haven't changed as, as human beings, as a species. Um, so I think the, the fundamentals to interacting with humans uh, are exactly the same. And as, as a consequence, some of the principles that we apply um, as, are as relevant today as they always have been. That's interesting. If somebody's sitting down to write something today to communicate with their customers or clients, in your mind, what would be the key fundamentals when you're creating a piece of communication? What are the key those key fundamentals that you would say are mandatory that people need to have front of mind before they put pen to paper? Probably it can it can be uh, isolated to a few things, and and they are first of all knowing who you're talking to. Um, Knowing what what moves them, um, and you know it sounds simplistic, but but first and foremost, being very clear about what you stand for and what what you're attempting to to convey to them. Um, uh, they're all they're all very, I guess, simple considerations, but but essential ones in order to be able to communicate effectively. Um, you, you don't want to first of all. Uh, confuse your audience by being unsure about what you're saying and then the way that you package your message um, should you know be relevant to what you know um, will move that audience and I think that's that's fundamental because I think what we always strive for is appealing to you know the mind as well as the heart and and not sacrificing one for the other, you know, and, and for example, making the, the message we we create too rational at the expense of, of an emotional hook. Um, as, as anyone who knows human beings and human nature knows that, that the heart and, um, you know, emotions are a, a, a far more powerful, powerful hook in the head. But do you think it's important that people understand what they're selling? And by that, I mean, um, you know, your local mechanic who services your brakes isn't selling a brake service. He's actually selling you confidence that you're keeping your family safe. Do you think it's important that people understand that? Or is it, are we more just worried about the service that we're actually providing? Well, I think it, it, 
relates to the the point that I just made. You know, there are any message, any successful message uh, has both a, a rational mm. component to it and an emotional one. And I think, I think mm. you know, definitely from our perspective, um, and what we as an agency bring to the table is is um, you know that that sphere that that plays to the the target market, the target audience's mm. emotional, um, you know, mm. landscape. And, mm. you know, both are, both are important. There are, there are a lot of mechanics out there with a lot of great breaks to offer. Um, but I think mm. couching it in a way that will, first of all, attract the person's attention, then engage mm. them, and then hopefully... Mm resonate for long after um you know they've interacted with the message is is essential and mm. and you you're not going to do that or achieve that with a or with a rational message alone there's always got to be that emotional component yep. um, robo i um i am furiously writing notes for myself here so what I, what we might do is take a quick break <laughs> so people can write down these notes because those questions about who and 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 you know who it is you're talking to what moves them be very clear in what you stand for. I just want people to take those notes down. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and keep talking mm. about Paul Oak. Getting your mojo working. This is the Mojo Radio Show. Here's a quote from the founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos. Your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. I'm so I'm... I'm really um, loving this because I, I, I know that everybody can apply this whether they're a, an owner-operator and self-employed as a one-off or they're running an organisation with 8,000 staff. They're, I just love going back to the fundamentals. But in your experience um, as the executive director, executive creative director of George Pat's Wine R, um, what, what would you say are the common mistakes that you are seeing with businesses, either leaders, marketing guys, brand guys, but they're coming to talk to you to communicate. What are the one or two common mistakes you think people are making that need to be addressed in order to make their stuff better? Look, I think, um, you know, it, it all revolves around this theme of appreciating, you know, the story that you, you wrap your your marketing message up with. Um, you know, often... often um, I think a common mistake is is solely communicating to to your audience's rational mind, um, and then making you know a half-hearted attempt at times, um, or, or or wrapping wrapping it up in a cliche, or or a, or a very conservative, safe attempt uh, at storytelling, and then quickly you know returning um, all of your attention to you know the the rational aspects of of your message, and you know as attractive as as you know companies and clients and brands think those messages are the reality is they appear in a in a more often than not very cluttered category um where there's a lot of parity and consumers out there just simply don't find them um that interesting and i think it's our job to uncover what that story is that will engage them and move them um and make that make that rational message of the clients more palatable and more um you know, more memorable, more engaging. So I think that's something. Getting that getting that balance right is really important. Can you does does a great story for a brand or product come to mind for you that was kind of a bit unexpected, where the story really grabbed you? Um, just to give people an idea of you know where where do you go and what what sorts of things make up a great story for a brand? Well, I mean, there's there's uh, many many contenders for you know, for that, that space, to be honest. And, you know, as ad guys, you know, we're, we're very preoccupied with, um, you know, which brands are, are doing it right out there or have done it right. Mm. And specifically the way they've done it. Um, you know, we always hold, you know, for example, a brand like Nike up who, um, you know, over the, over the years, over the decades, um, have, 
so passionately and so um, compellingly told the story of determination mm. and made all of their products down to, you know, their cheapest sneakers um, synonymous with gritting your teeth um, and belonging to a, a club of people that never say die. Mm. So then when their sneakers sitting on the shelf up against a, an Adidas sneaker or a Reebok sneaker, um, all with similar specifications and features, um, there's a chance that the, the person uh, in the store will, will reach for theirs um, over the other two because mm. they want to belong to that group of people that associate with never giving up. Mm. And that was beautifully captured, you know, in their long-standing, uh, you know, campaign line of just do it. You know, it, it, it summed that, that attitude uh, and that story up perfectly in a beautiful, succinct line that, you know, people uh, wanted to be a part of. Was that one of yours, Bart? I wish I could say that. I wish I could say that, guys. Um, I, I just I, take, take it, mate. Take, on this show, take it. I think if um, if if uh, if it were, I'd probably be uh, you know on a on a Learjet somewhere uh, <laughs> instead of the boardroom I'm sitting in now. Yeah, that's. Uh, um, but has there been an occasion where you have sat in front of a client and found their found a story like that that they weren't aware of, but through questioning you found their story that created that emotion and and found that hook? Absolutely. I mean, we try to do that. On a, on a daily basis and it's not just, mm. um, you know, myself and my team, the, the creative team that, that digs for that. Um, first and foremost, our strategic planning team um, interrogate um, the client's business, their heritage, their, their consumers um, in order to find those insights and those nuggets that we can then leverage um, in creating, engaging, effective communication for them. So, so really, the 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 entire agency's efforts are directed towards finding those ingredients that are that are relevant, that are that are intrinsic to their their brand or product, um, and that will that that will resonate with their audience on a on a deeper level. That's a, a great word, Robbo, and I think. If nothing else, people should write that word down. I, I believe that most people would not interrogate their brand looking for those stories. That's just oh, a cracker. It's a good one. Isn't it? Absolute cracker. Um, but if you are talking with marketing managers in general or brand managers, communication managers, the people who are responsible for the communication for a brand, whatever, yeah. they, whatever they call themselves, yeah. um, can you just give me just quickly the attributes of some of the best you've seen at running a brand, just to, you know, what, what are they like? What, what's their nature? What do they mm, do? Just mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, for me, the very best have, first of all, a, a clear understanding of what they stand for and, and what, their, what their company or brand stands for. Um, and then, most importantly, they have the courage to, to tell that story uh, in an original way, in a way that genuinely cuts through and, and engages and resonates with their mm. audience. And, and, you know, that takes a lot of courage um, because I think, you know, a, a marketing uh, director's role is all about, you know, balancing the desires of their internal and external audiences. Um, there, there, there may be, uh, you know, the desire to be far more conservative within his or her mm. organisation um, than what is actually needed out there in the markets to cut through, engage, and and um, you know, compel the audience to to engage with their with their brand. Um, and that's a that's a balancing mm. act. And and sometimes, you know, you have to have the courage to to make a call. Um, you know, for the for the good of the brand and and for the the success and effectiveness of the of the, the campaign or the message. We know that we have a lot of people listening, um, and it's something I hear more and more of. Is there are people who either have have just started or at some point in the near future plan to do their own thing, and they are going to do something to do with cupcakes or puppy dogs or accounting or something. 
if I was starting a new brand and I'm in the process of getting it together, if you were me, what's the first thing you would do to get to in, in a branding and advertising communication sense if you were me? Well, it's funny, um, before you put that, that kind of uh, last parameter um, into your question, the, the first place that I went to um, as I was listening to it was I would make sure that my, my product or service is absolutely um, 100% right, you know, unquestionable in its in its quality and in its relevance for the particular market that I'm going for. I think that's fundamental. Um, and I think that reflects the way communication and, and brand companies and advertising agencies are heading these days where they're, they're getting far more involved upstream, um, you know, talking to the, the CEOs rather than just the, the marketing directors and applying their thinking, their, their ideas to, you know, the actual product development um, rather than just purely the way we talk about that product. So that would probably be my first place, um, making sure that that's absolutely right. And then I guess identifying exactly what your brand stands for and finding out what the insights are that will compel and endear your target audience in order for that to filter through your communication. And then I guess I think, um, you know, beyond that, especially at the beginning when you're a startup and when you're, when you're trying to make an impact in, in a market is throw all caution out the window um, when it comes to communicating <laughs> your brand and product. Um, do not be risk, do not be risk averse because you cannot afford to, particularly when you you're duking it out with far bigger competitors that have got a lot more uh, you know resource, money, clout, and market share. You have to stand out, otherwise you'll be snuffed out. That's gold. That's gold. gold. Well, I've got uh, one one question to ask you, which is away from the agency and more to to you um, as a dad, actually. And then we'll get into the rap- couple of quick rapid fire questions. Before yeah, sure. we let you get back to the agency, um, um, you're you're a dad and you have three girls. Is that right? Three, three girls. That's correct. Yes. As a father, um, what what sorts of things are you doing as a dad to ensure that your three daughters foster their own imagination and creative abilities, regardless of what field they go into? What yeah. are you doing to personally that you 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 do as a as a as a, as a something personal to bring out their, you know, they become princesses of possibility? Yeah, sure. That's a great question because actually it is a, it is a major preoccupation of mine, you know, when I'm not, when I'm not at work and when I'm with them, um, particularly in the context of, you know, my, my appreciation for imagination and, and creativity, mm. you know, after all it's made, it's made a lot of things possible for me so so naturally you know I'd like to foster that in my kids as much as possible and I think fundamentally I and I've given a bit of thought to this for me it's about limiting the amount of time that they spent on ingesting other people's imagination and creativity because I think that's the that's the dividing line you're either consuming creativity or you're creating um, and it's a it's a tough thing to do these days with the the, the you know multitude of of channels and, and screens and you know their their natural kind of inclination to reach for a tablet or or a smartphone or you know switch on the TV um, you know a big part of creativity is inspiration so I don't think um, switching those channels off is the answer but I think definitely um, getting that getting them out of that passive kind of state of mind where they're just ingesting or curating other people's creativity is essential to provoking and stimulating you know their own imaginations and giving them the space to develop those those skills in themselves and developing you know that 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 muscle actually i read an interesting thing recently where um you know, someone said that boredom is a is an essential ingredient to to developing imagination and creativity, because it it does 
it creates a void that that needs mm. to be filled. And you know, even the youngest kids will begin to create in order to to fill that void, to in effect stop being bored. And I think you know, in the cluttered lifestyles that that our children lead at the moment, the imagination muscle is is absolutely being underused. So I think as a parent, it's, it's important to create an environment where where it is exercised and, and it is regularly uh, tested. That is that is just so profound. I love that, Robbo. That's just it's gold, isn't it? Absolutely. And kids are so easily drawn to all that stuff, aren't they? It's, oh, um, well, it's, it's, it's like absolutely. A it's, a, it's, it's easy to, to interact with. Mm. Uh, I think as a, as, a, as a species, we're prone to gravitate towards things that are, that are easy rather than things that challenge us. And, and it's far easier to lie back and, and uh, you know, have someone else do all the thinking for us than have to do it ourselves. Do you think, uh, Rubber, we could get Bart down to the uh, Pennant Hills Oval to talk to the under-11 boys down there? Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. But just to give you some background, um, I actually coach my son's under-11 rugby union team. Um, and I've been hitting up a few guests here and there for a bit of help. <laughs> so, mate, uh, to, fill the, to fill the void. <laughs> to fill the void. Being, being the off-season, we're actually in recruiting mode at the moment. Um, any chance of a hand writing a few flyers? Well, my, 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 normally I'm trapped in, uh, you know, the world of, of dancing, given the fact that I've got three right. daughters. So it might actually be a, it might be a welcome, uh, you know, bit of respite for me from, uh, you know, tutus and uh, sequins. There you go. I'll give you a call. Uh, I'll give you a call fantastic. after the show, Bart. No worries. <laughs> now, but uh, there's just one thing. I've just um, on that you talk about, about the kids, and um, I know that you enjoy. Uh, you're, you're a drawer and a painter, and I've seen some of your photography, which is just beautiful. And obviously, writing is a big part of what you do. Yeah. As a parent, do you see that as being an important thing to be personally doing as a mirror for your daughters to see? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fundamental, and I think it, it extends to, to everything, actually, beyond just creativity. Um, you know, I think it's very easy to tell you, your kids what to do. Um, it's harder to show them, but ultimately showing them the way is, is in my mind, far more effective than, than talking to them about it. Mm. Uh, demonst- demonstrations, as, as we know from you know the world of advertising, are a lot more powerful than uh, than rhetoric, um, and I think that extends to, to personal and, and and family life really, and the way we we raise our kids. Mm. I think um, you know it's a it's a age old phrase that you know um, we should lead by example, but it, it's a it's an absolutely um, relevant and an important one. Uh, so I think if um, you see a, a, a kind of um, creative desire in your children. The best way to, to inspire and foster it is to, to be creative yourself um, in their presence um, and and have them watch you and and even and better yet interact with you and, and create together with you. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's lovely. Um, let's do uh, Robert. Let's do rapid fire. Let's do it. Sounds good. Rapid fire mojo. Uh, but what's your uh, favourite app right now? My favourite app? Mm. Um, I would have to say it is Camera Plus. All right. What's is that? Is that a photography It's a, it's a photography app. app um, I, I've, I've got far too many photography apps on my phone, but uh, um, <laughs> I, I actually, um, contrary to this um, you know, whole no-filter movement out there where, where people are kind of taking mm. a stand about... Um, you know, just posting uh, in-camera natural photographs. I personally love all of the filters and effects. I think mm-hmm. it's another extension of, uh, you know, creative expression. So um, I love that app. I use it a lot. What song is your go-to song to get your mojo working? To get my mojo working, I would have to say I the Tiger. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't had that Nolly one yet. Bit of goodie. It's, 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 it's the go-to. We'll, we'll put that in. Actually, we should play a bit of that, Robbo. Yeah, hang on, I got it here. Depends on what 
kind of mojo at other at other times it's perhaps Barry White or something <laughs> but uh... <laughs> it's a bit hard to seduce the wife to um to Survivor really isn't it <laughs> yeah I don't know if she did although although we were talking to um to to Dave Albert, the head of Albert Records, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and he and his wife walked into their wedding wedding reception to Back in Black. Right. Okay. On a five minute loop. <laughs> <laughs> On a five minute loop, was wasn't it? Yeah, that's definitely making a statement right there. I can just see Robbo coming out of his. Uh out of his bathroom with a bandana on, pair of boxer shorts to open <laughs> No, the bandana's on when I'm doing gunners, mate. A bit of axle. <laughs> right. <laughs> bit of axle work. Um, what's, the, uh, what's your best book recommendation for people to go to on this topic of brand marketing communication we've talked about? Bart, have you got a, a favourite book to recommend there? Oh, look, I've got to say that uh, my favourite all-time book inspired by my industry is a book called E by Matt Beaumont and it's a it's a fiction book um it's not exactly a uh, kind of um you know reference manual of any any sort but uh I, I think despite the fact that it's a, a fiction a piece of fiction it can teach um uh a newcomer a lot about our industry and the way it operates. Some invaluable lessons are uh, in mm. in E by Matt Beaumont. Um, on the on the kind of nonfiction side of things, uh, I'd, I'll have to nominate a book written by a good friend of mine, um, John Steele. He's the he's the um, uh, worldwide planning director for for our network, um, and he wrote a book uh, a little while ago called Truth, Lies, and Advertising. Um, and mm. it, it's just, a, I think, again, a, a very um, a handy book to have for anyone who's, who's trying to decode our, our business um, and maybe get a bit of a head start. Does the title of that book imply that the, that advertising lies somewhere in between, between the truth and lies? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd go as far as saying lies, but uh, no. maybe truth and embellishment. <laughs> There you go. That's nice. embellishment. <laughs> embellishment for a good cause. Maybe you should have suggested uh, he's, he's, a different title for the book. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe on uh, on the uh, reprint. <laughs> now, but you you are having to create and find ideas to solve the questions we've spoken about through this show. Do you have a great creative resource that you is a must, non negotiable go to for either? keeping your idea mojo going on an ongoing basis or when you get that moment where you need some inspiration? Do you have a go-to resource? Look, I think um, all creative people um, are sponges in that they, you know, are, are absolute um, uh, fanatics about collecting information, whether it be visual or verbal, um, and, and drawing on that at times, you know, uh, when solving, you know, creative briefs or communication problems. Um, I think that's a, char- a characteristic of creative people. Um, mm. But I've got to say, um, you know, my number one resource is my brain. I, I always look inward, and I think that's, you know, that's what distinguishes a, a, a creative person as well. Um, being able to, to look inside and, and, you know, maybe not at first, but always find a, a distant memory or something that you've seen in the past or, you know, a, a, a connection that you then make between two very disparate things um, to then inspire what you're, you know, pouring out on a page or a, or a computer screen. Very nice. I love that. Um Two last uh, rapid-fire questions, um, Bart. What's your best tip for writing great creative copy? Um, I'm going to have to quote. I'm going to have to quote uh, David Ogilvy, I think, and and basically uh, rip him off here um, because I think he he said something that was um, invaluable for all copywriters, and it simply it simply went. Write a write a list so so that it doesn't read like a list. Um, mm. And I think, you know, as part of a, you know a role as a, as a copywriter in an advertising agency, you know, you will on a daily basis get a list of ingredients outlining what a client wants to communicate. But getting back to that earlier point, 
if you want that list to you know be noticed, to be engaged with, and then to to kind of um, leave a lasting impression, um, you have to write it in a way that that appeals to something more than than the reader or the listener's mind. Um, you have to get them mm. on a deeper level, engage them on an emotional level. So I think. You know, for, for any aspiring copywriter, I would I would tell them to look to you know people like David Ogilvy and other other kind of great copywriters um, because they a lot of their lessons are, are as relevant today as they always have been. Um, timeless, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely timeless. Yeah. Um, last question uh, before I let you go back to your day, but um, when you think of the word imagination, who comes to mind for you? Um, firstly. I, w- I would say the first person that comes to mind is Tim Burton, the, the, the film director. Um, mm. I think, mm. you know, what an amazing mind um, from a narrative perspective, from a, um, you know, visual perspective. Um, even even when he takes a uh, an old story that's been around for, for donkey's years um, and applies his aesthetic and, and his touch to it, he effectively reinvents it, and I think um, yeah. I think that's that's testament to uh, a, a, a real genius and a, and a above average imagination. Clever guy. Well, but um, on behalf of Rob and I, mate, uh, we can't thank you enough for spending some time on our little show. Um, oh, oh, it was a real pleasure, guys. Thank you. I've got to say, it was absolute a privilege. It was such a privilege to sit here and hear you talk about the stuff and how eloquent you were, how much thought and emotion went into it. That was, that was a cracker, Rob, don't you reckon? I loved it. Absolutely. Oh, thanks, guys. That's, uh, it was a real pleasure for me. I, I, I'm really, really uh, grateful to be on, actually, and, and to be asked. So thank you very much as well. So that was uh, Bart Pollack, who's the Executive Creative Director of George Patterson Y&R. Mate, um, just uh, I know... Because we, we do get good feedback from people and we, we kind of know, you know, through social and contacts, we know we've got some people who would be um, looking for agencies. Where where could people find out more about either you and or the agency? Because um, can people get in touch with you personally and, and also um, how do we find you through the agency? Yeah, sure. Like uh, George Patterson has, a, has an official website, so I would... Uh direct people uh, to that um, and uh, simply Google George Patterson YNR Sydney. Um, there's a little bit of a profile on, on me and on some of my other colleagues on there um, so you can find a little bit more about me there, um, about our business, about the way we do business um, and then I think beyond that the best, the best uh, thing to do would be to uh, you know um, contact us directly at the, at the agency and um, and uh, you know, either be put through to to me, my my uh, creative collaborator David Joubert, or you know our our managing director Andrew Dowling. That's great, and we'll put um, Robert. We'll put all the the books, the music, the Barry White, the whole lot into the um, into the mm. show notes to make it easy for people to see all the stuff we're talking about and also get in touch with Bart. Mate, thanks again. That was uh, it was, was so so appreciative of your time. Thanks, Bart. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. The worst thing about having my in-laws around is the awful presents they give me. They <laughs> fart. You know the big cheeky kisses that they give you? I hate that. The fact that you can't get drunk without them frowning upon you. I can't get pissed in front of my relatives. The worst thing about the outlaws is that they want to have cold lunch. They all erupt into fights halfway through to lunch. I don't like them. I hate them all. The Mojo Radio Show. So, uh, is your Christmas mojo pumping yet, Gaz? My Christmas mojo is... I've, start, I've started the engine, put it that way. But I think... Mm. Don't you reckon that? I reckon we should just up the ante on it and put in a bit of Christmas cheer ourselves in the Mojo Radio Show. What do you reckon? A bit of Christmas Mojo. I agree. Christmas is becoming less and less what it used to be. Christmas isn't it? Mojo. That's what we're going to call it. I've just branded it. Christmas just branded Mojo. It. <laughs> because copyright that now quickly. Don't you reckon that it's just Christmas is being stolen from 
from out from under is because of the pace, it's the multitasking, it's, you know, the connectedness, it's the rushing around. But gone are the days of kind of long Christmas lunches, catching up with friends, winding yeah. down. Yeah. You took time to wrap yeah. presents, you looked around for a present. Now it's just kind of get it done as quickly yep. as you can. Yep, absolutely. I, I've got to be honest, Santa Claus appeared in our local shopping centre uh, about four weeks ago now. And for me, it was just like, why? Yeah. I, I'm not in the Christmas spirit yeah. yet. It's still the end of October, the beginning of November. It's supposed to be a special time, you know, for the kids and all that sort of stuff with Santa Claus and all that. And I think by having him there for two months, three months, it's like, oh, well, you know, there's Santa Claus. We'll get back to it whenever we can. You know, let's let's wait until there's less queues or let's wait until this. Whereas when I was a kid, it was sort of like, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, got to have, you know, got to sit on Santa Claus's knee. And um, I think it that's is, a shame I, in itself. Yeah, I reckon we're going to do our bit, our, our little bit for our listeners. And we know we get people all around the world in different countries who celebrate Christmas differently, absolutely no doubt, which is the beauty of diversity and I think we're just going to play a few more Christmas carols, look for some more Christmas bits, and just do our bit for people to be able to sit down, listen to a little bit of a carol, chill in the car on the bus, or when they're sitting in the chair with their journal, and just think about, you know, not so much just the tradition of Christmas, but just what does it mean to you, and and how do you make it special for not just kids, but your mm. loved ones and your mates at mm. work. And now, this is... Um this is actually Brian Adams that we're listening to, mate. This is uh, Brian Adams' version of Run Run Rudolph. Right. I'll just tell you now, this is my both my boys at 11 and 9. This is their favourite favorite Christmas carol and their favourite oh, version. Oh, really? If I, put on, if I put on the kids' version of Run Run Rudolph, it's, Dad, where's that other one with the guitar? Put it off, Dad. <laughs> And do you know what else? This is something else. <laughs> this is what always makes me think of Christmas. Chevy Chase. Oh, yeah. Hang on. I've actually got something here for you, mate. Hang on. Aren't you having any breakfast? I'm not in the mood. What are you looking at? Oh, the silent majesty of a winter's morn, the clean, cool chill of the holiday air, and an asshole in his bathrobe emptying a chemical toilet into my sewer. Ah, yeah. You checked our shitters, honey? Clark, please. Now, that was just for you. Um, <laughs> while we're on the subject of you, we did uh, the rapid-fire mojo with Bart in there just a few minutes ago. Uh, I've got a bit of a surprise for you. Oh, it's my first Christmas present. <laughs> Not quite, <laughs> but hang on, let me play this and then you might know what I'm Ooh. up to. Rapid-fire mojo. So, Gary Burt Whistle... This is Rapid Fire Mojo specifically for you. Ooh, didn't see that one coming. That's, that, that wasn't <laughs> on the script. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's do it. So uh, let's start with um, away from work. What's your favourite pastime? Uh, right now, it would be uh, my horse. Your horse? Riding it, yeah. Um, okay. And what's horse's name? Um, my horse's name is Jake and okay. he's a big 16 one hand, um, beautiful uh, gelding and... The thing I love about it is, um, and the reason it's my sort of my, my more recent thing of the last couple of years is that um, when I'm on him, you can't think about anything else except him and the scenery mm-hmm. and the, the motion. I find a great place of relaxing yep. for contemplation. And for, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but horses have this beautiful nature of making everything else fade into its insignificance. Yeah. I'm the same with my espresso machine. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you cuddle it? I do. Just wrap it up at night. Caress it. <laughs> oh, mama. Oh, mama. All right, next question. Um, let's combine them because there's two here. Let's put them together. Favourite drink and your favourite meal? Uh, that's easy, Mexican. Yeah, okay. So I, if I'm going to have a beer, it's a Mexican beer. Yeah. So whether it be a Sol, Corona, Dos Equis, mm-hmm. Modelo, Cafe mm-hmm. Pacifico. Yeah. And my favourite food is Mexican. So it's, um, nice. you know, the beans, the corn chips, the salsa. The, mm-hmm. the whole so those two sit in one okay. answer uh, a little more serious describe your parenting approach in one word uh, one word it'd be um, this is one word lead by example okay that's close that's close enough 
Very good. Um, even more important question, Ford or Holden? Well, I've got a, a 1965 Mustang convertible with okay. the pony trim. So we're saying Ford. So I have to say I'm a Ford guy. In the past 12 months, the best book that you've read? Well, it's interesting. It's it's actually one of the, probably the best book I've read for takeaways is the book that I'm going to do a review on today called 10 Minute, 10 Minute Toughness. Well, I think that's a perfect lead in. So let's do this. The Mojo Pages. Thank you, Robbo. <laughs> um, the, the reason... The book is called 10 Minute Toughness and it's by Jason Selk, S-E-L-K, and I'll put a link to this book in the show notes. You just go to the mojoradioshow.com, go to the show notes for this episode and you will see this book in there. And I have read bucket loads of books on positivity and mental control and being your best and all sort of stuff. The thing I loved about this 10-minute toughness is that it actually has a step-by-step process you do prior to performing something. Now, whether Mm -hmm. it be uh, an athletic endeavor, whether it be coaching the under-11 rugby team, whether it be doing a presentation in front of a sales team, whether it be, you know, addressing the Rotary association for no matter what you're doing it's just it's a step-by-step process to take you through and reading off the back of the book it said 10 minute toughness is your personal coach for boosting brain power and achieving a competitive edge in whatever game you play with quickness and ease you'll learn how to master your own mind and psych out your opponents using personalized techniques from one of america's most successful sports psychology consultants now this is not a sports book this is a doing better in the next minute than you are right now in whatever you do. And um, being on the speaking circuit every day, you're stepping in front of audiences. And I have actually used these techniques. And um, I must say, I feel better about stuff. Yep. Uh, I walk on stage in a better state. It's, it's only a small book. Yeah. It's called 10 Minute Toughness by Jason Silk. It's the closest I've seen to being something usable and practical, which is what the Mojo Radio Show is mm. all about, about getting your mojo working. And this book is a good stepping stone for it. So there you go. I'm going to download that one. And it's something you could use, you know, if you're going to a studio to produce or you get to one o'clock in the morning and you need to go to, it, it is the stepping stones that take you through that we can all do it. It literally is 10 minutes. In fact, it's probably even less than 10 minutes, to be honest. Mm. Um, but it's usable and practical, and I think you will, well, I'm pretty sure you'll see results if you do it. All right, I'll give you a report once I've read it. All right. We'll do Robbo's 20 cents worth. <laughs> <laughs> and don't expect any change. That's all right, right. reckon that's it, buddy. That's it for another week. Reckon we're done. Thank you to Bart again. That was great. The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peters speaking. See you next time.